Welcome to the Church of the Redeemers Weekly Podcast. We pray that you will enjoy this week's service, and we hope that you will follow us at www.cotrb.org, and may God continue to bless you. Matthew chapter 28 is where we'll be reading. Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 through 18. And they read as follows. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. There's a topic for this morning. The topic is just very simply, not all will believe. And you look at somebody and just look at, type it in the screen, look at, hey, not everybody's going to believe what you believe. Not all, not all are going to believe. Father, we thank you for your will. We thank you for your way. We thank you for your word, and we thank you for your love. We ask, God, that you would be here in the midst of us. We ask, Lord, that you would bless us and keep us and protect us and remind us that you are with us wherever we go. I thank you, Lord, for the victory that I feel in this room that you have given to us as your believers. Yeah, yeah. I thank you for the sound of victory. I thank you for the feeling of victory. I thank you for the newness of life that is here in this room. I thank you for the newness of life that I feel here in this sanctuary. I thank you for the newness of life that I feel here in this church. You told us wherever, hallelujah, wonderful Jesus. You told us wherever we would take our feet, you would be right there with us. There is the kingdom. So help us to walk with you and talk with you and go with you wherever we go. We'll thank you for it. We'll praise you for it in Jesus' name. And God, when the enemy comes in like a flood... Remind us that you are the standard that is lifted. When the enemy comes to distract us with the tricks that he's used in the past, hallelujah, remind us that you are the lifter of our heads. You've done it before and you will do it again. We'll thank you. We'll praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people say, amen. 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 Hallelujah. 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 Not all will believe. Not all will believe. Not all will believe. At the beginning of Jesus' ministry, we find that Jesus, we're we're walking through a series on going, right? And we're walking through this series on going as a series on mission where we are being sent by God. Say amen, somebody. You ain't gone nowhere yet, but we're being sent by God. (laughs) All right. We got to be anticipatory about what God's doing in our lives. We are being sent by God to the places that God is calling us to go to. We got to realize that not everybody will believe when we get there. At the beginning of Jesus' ministry, you'll find that Jesus went to his hometown, to his home church, to read the scripture. And when they gave him the scroll, he stopped where he was supposed to stop. At the end of his ministry, he was sent in the same way to those that he had walked with for three years. And he stopped where he was supposed to 
to stop. In the beginning, he was reading scripture and he stopped, not where the paragraph ended, but where he stopped where he was supposed to stop. And at the end, he lived with them and he didn't finish where they wanted him to finish. He stopped where he was supposed to stop. He didn't push past his call. He, he didn't do what everybody was pushing him to do. He, he didn't go further than his anointing. Would, uh, he, he stopped where he was supposed to stop. That means he was centered in his relationship with God to the point where he knew who he was. Say amen, somebody. He knew what he was here to do, and he could stop where he was supposed to stop. If you remember, Jesus was handed the scroll of Isaiah and flips to Isaiah chapter 61. In our book, it's the 61st chapter and reads a verse and a half of scripture. He doesn't care about paragraphs or punctuation. I've only got two points, so come on, let's go. He doesn't care about paragraphs or punctuation primarily because those things are added for our benefit and translation, saints. There ain't no paragraphs or punctuation in the scrolls when they're opened up. They were added for our benefit. He doesn't care about completed thoughts or prophetic statements. He doesn't care. He cares about what he's sent to do. He just reads, or dare I say, he declares to those that are in his hearing that the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Mm. Because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives. And recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That's found in Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and 19. And while all the crowd was waiting for him to finish what he started, he says to them, and he began to speak to them, today the scripture, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Now they had heard the words of prophecy for decades, for generations. They had heard this, these words of prophecy for years upon years. Family member after family member heard the same word and they heard it without hope. Generation after generation, they got so used to hearing the word that they started to hear it without hope. They were so familiar with the word of God that the word of God didn't penetrate their hearts anymore. They heard the word, but they had no hope. And they looked at this sweet boy that they had raised. Hallelujah. They looked at this sweet boy who they had groomed to be the next pastor of the church. Help us, Lord. They looked at this sweet boy that they had raised to do everything that they told him to do. Say everything that they told him to say. Dance when he was supposed to dance. Shout when he was supposed to shout. Read how he was supposed to read. And their response was, aw. Ain't that Joseph's baby? Now, we've heard this in derogatory terms before. I feel like preaching a little bit. Can I do a little something? We've heard this in derogatory terms before. You know, we've heard preachers preach about, oh, this is G. Joseph's son, as if that's a negative statement. But what I read here is the congregation or the community wrapping their loving arms around one who had returned home after having been sent away by God. They were glad to receive him home from college. They were glad to receive him back from jail. They were, 
I had a church. They were glad to see him come back from his addiction. They were glad to see him returning to the house of work. They were glad. They were glad. They were, they were wrapping their arms around their loved one because it had been so long. And they gave him the scroll and he read with power. He read with conviction. He read with authority. He read how they taught him to read. And they were happy about it. But what they didn't know was he wasn't finished. <laughs> but they didn't know that he wasn't done. He wasn't done. They said, oh, look at this baby. Bless his heart. You see, Jesus had been in the wilderness for quite some time. He had been with the Father. He had been approved by the same. When nobody was watching, he was wrestling for his own soul. <laughs> When nobody was watching, he went 40, hallelujah, 40 days in the wilderness with no food and no war. Nobody was watching that Jesus. Everybody was watching for the one that would come and read. But nobody was watching when he was broken. Oh, my Lord. Nobody was watching when he was fighting. Nobody was watching when he was running after God, asking God to help him. When he didn't feel like he could help himself. Nobody was there. He was in his wilderness and he was trying to figure out, God, am I really the one that you sent to do the work that I feel called to do? Am I really the one that you sent to be the savior of the world? Is this the time for me to do what you've called me to do? Are you sure, God? Are you sure that you're sending me? I know me. I, I know me. I know my temper ain't but this short. <laughs> I, I know me. I know that there were days when I didn't have a pot or a window. And you had, I, 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 I know me. I know how hard it is for me to stay up when things are, I know me. I know that the darkness sometimes clouds are you, are you sure it's me that you're sending? He had to wrestle by himself to get the answer to that question before he could go back home and hear all sweet baby Jesus. He had to wrestle by himself so that he could have an answer and he could proclaim with power the wonderful works of the Lord, but he had to bloom where he was planted. God won't send you out there. Help me, sir. God won't send you out there until we can approve you in here. Hello? Do I have a church? God ain't going to send you out there until we can first approve you in here. I know you're anointed. I know you're called. I know that you're gifted. I know that God is working on the inside. I know it. I know it. I know it. But until you can stand in the face of those that will reject your anointing. Well, please. <laughs> 
You ain't got no business going out in these streets. You hear me? I stop yelling. You hear me? I stop yelling. You ain't got no business going out in these streets until you can stand in the face of those that you know will reject the God in you. So my first point, my first point, my first point simply is don't get so comfortable with your image of people that you miss what God has done inside of them. I'll say it again so you can write it down. Don't get so comfortable with who you knew people to be that you miss what God did for them in their wilderness. Jesus went back to his home church, and they had an image of who he was supposed to be. They raised him to speak, to talk, and to preach in a certain way. But when he, being Jesus, spent time with God for himself, he was able to function in the world not as they intended, but as God intended. And that offended the people that raised him. But he didn't care. (laughs) He didn't care. He didn't care who he offended. Some of y'all have gone away. You went to college, you went, you left the church, and you came back, or you're on your way back. You're on your way back. Some of you went to trade school, some of you went on a trip, and that's good, that's fine. And now you are returning to society as God's new creation. And while you were away, God did a work in you, you were You look the same on the outside. Yes, you do. But something's different on the inside. And what God's done for you, other people don't necessarily recognize it yet. But maybe it's not theirs to recognize yet. Maybe it's not theirs to, maybe you are still, even though you've gone from the wilderness back to the crowd, maybe God still has you in hiding. Because you're not ready yet to receive the rejection that'll crush you again. Maybe, just maybe, 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 just maybe, you've been anointed, you've been called, you've been prepared, but you have not sat long enough to be prepared for the rejection that is coming your way. It'll break you again, and God doesn't want that. You've already been blessed. You've already been broken, and now he's waiting to serve you to the rest of the world. You've been redeemed. You've been bought with a price. Jesus has changed your whole life, and it's on the inside, yes, but guess what? Not everybody is going to believe it. Some people are still going to see you as that young man. That young woman, that boy, that girl that they raised that they can still control, that one that they taught that they can still communicate everything to and hold on strings and control like the pup. Do I have a church? Do it? This is not, they, they, <laughs> that's, that's, they, they think, they think that they still have those strings. But they don't know that when you were in your wilderness, God cut. He cut them. And you might be dancing, but you're dancing to the sound of holiness now. 
You're dancing to the sound of the anointing now. And they recognize the steps, but they don't recognize the motivation. The move is the same, but the motivation is a, it's a little bit different. You've been redeemed now. You've been redeemed. You praise the same way, but your praise come a, comes from a place of personal deliverance. They taught you how to praise then, but you've been delivered to praise. I feel like. They taught you how to praise then, but now you've been delivered to praise. It looks the same, but the motivation is just a, a little bit. It's a little bit different. The motivation, the motivation, just a little bit different. Not everybody's going to believe that you've been saved like that. <laughs> like that. Not everybody's going to notice and recognize that you've been saved like that. That you've been changed like that, like fully and completely given your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. But I don't care what they believe. I need you to preach anyway. We'll get there later. Jesus, at the beginning of his ministry, hallelujah, was challenged by those that knew him. He was challenged by those that knew him because they had taught him everything that they thought he knew. And then Jesus goes and fast forwards at the end of his ministry and he's challenged by those that he knows and who knows him, who know him. In the beginning, he was challenged by those that raised him. In the end, he's challenged by those he raised. In the beginning, he's challenged by those that raised him. At the end, he's challenged by those he raised. Oh, one more for the cheap seats, the ones that, yeah. In the beginning, he was challenged by those that raised him. And in the end, he's challenged by those he raised. Still a challenge. I'm so glad we have a high priest that has been touched with every feeling of infirmity that we have ever had to feel. They lived life with him for three years, and now it was time for him to leave them. They had gone through their season of pain and grief, and Jesus showed up for them to be the reminder of his promise, his power, and his presence over their lives. He showed up for them. Has God ever shown up for you? He showed up for them to be the reminder of his promise, of his power, and of his presence in their lives. And when it was time for him to go, the Bible says that those who had lived life with the Savior so close to be dirtied by the dust that kicked up from behind him when he walked. They lived life with the Savior so close they had mixed emotions about him sending them out. Point number two of two. Y'all ready? First one was don't get so comfortable with your image of people that you miss what God's done inside of them. Second one is don't get so comfortable with your circumstances that you miss what God's done inside of you. I'll say it one more. Don't get so comfortable with your own circumstances that you miss what God's done inside of you. You can be so comfortable following the Savior that you forget to listen to his voice. Let's go back. So comfortable following in his footsteps that you don't hear him say walk further. 
it's so comfortable hearing the word read by someone else that you stop reading it for yourself. You get so comfortable sending a text to say, pray for me. Now the disciples, the 11 disciples, Matthew 28, verses 16 through 18. The 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they, had, when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. Some doubted. Some worshipped while they were in the presence of God. Just like we did this morning. Some of y'all were worshipping. But some of y'all are sitting in your seats, wherever you are, and you're wondering if God really is the God that will deliver you. All of us are in here worshiping, we think, but there are still some doubting in the church. Some of it looks like there's a worship and praise party going on right here. But if there were bubbles over our heads, some would be thinking right here, right now, God, can you really deliver my child? God, can you really pay that bill? God, can you really help me out of that circumstance? God, did you really call? Some are worshiping. And some are even worshiping while we're doubting. <laughs> we're masking our fear with our praise. Help us, Lord. We're masking our faithlessness with our hallelujah. <laughs> there are some that are worshiping. There are some that are doubting. While in the presence of the risen Savior, the risen one, they still had doubts. He was sending, listen to this, the unbeliever who had experienced his presence to the unbeliever who had not experienced his presence. I want to say it one more time. God was sending the unbeliever who had walked with him, talked with him, was dirtied by his presence. He was sending that unbeliever to the unbeliever that had not experienced the power and the presence of the king. I shouldn't be out here. I ain't got no mask on. Let me get back. He was sending the unbeliever who had experienced him but still had doubts to the unbeliever that never knew him and needed to be in his presence. Help us, Lord. If you would just go. You would just obey God and go. God will show you step by step that he is the God that healeth thee. Help me. If you would just obey your God and go, God will show you by using you to help someone else get delivered that he is still a deliverer. If you would just obey your God and go, 
God will show you by using you to be the help to someone else that he is your help. And that right early, if you would just go, you would just go. Can someone declare in this house, I'll go? I'll go. Write it in the screen. I'll go. I'll go. Even if I'm afraid, I'll go. Even if I've still got questions, Lord, I'll go. I'll go whether I feel like it or whether I don't. I'll go with you. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'll go with you all the way. I'll go. I'll go. Whether they want me to or not, I'll go. Whether they run me out of the town or not, I'll go. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'll go. Holy God of Israel, I bless you. Jesus said to us that the harvest is ripe, but the laborers are few. There are so many unbelievers in the world. But guess what? There are just as many unbelievers in the church. And if I have a word for you, it is simply this. Preach anyway. Preach anyway. Go anyway. I don't care who believes. Go anyway. I don't care if they keep doubting. Go anyway. I don't care if they see what God's done in your life or not. Go anyway. I don't care if they run you out of the town. Go anyway. I don't care if you're worship while you preach or if you're sad while you preach preach anyway I don't care if you have to go in fear because when you go in fear that fear will have to bow to the presence of our God just go can somebody say I'll go I will go with him all of the way go until you know that you're called go until you know that you're chosen. Go until you hear the words that were spoken over Jesus' life, spoken over your life. The Spirit of the Lord, hallelujah, is upon you because he has anointed you to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent you to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind. He has sent you to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. The outcomes are not yours to force. All you have to do is go. All you have to do is go. Hallelujah. Paul said, I planted. I guess I said I had two points right. I shared them already. We all done. I said, I said, hallelujah. Look at somebody and say, go. Look at somebody and say, go, 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 go. I don't care if they believe. Go anyway. I don't care if they believe you. Go anyway. Go anyway. Do it anyway. Do it afraid. Just go. Do it afraid. And go. Watch God work with you and for you. When you take a step, he'll put ground right there. Go, go, go. The outcomes are not yours to force. All you have responsibility for is going. It's not yours to say who gets saved or not. It's not yours to say what contracts you get or not. It's not yours to say where or how God's going to deliver you. It's not yours to say how God's going to make the way that you know God's going to make or that you even feel fearful of God making. It's not yours. All you're responsible for is going. All you can do is go. I don't care if they believe you. You just believe God. And for this.
We give our God all the praise. The doors of the church are open here. Hallelujah. All you got responsibility for is going. All you can do is go. All you can do is go. And if you've never been saved, all you can do is come. (laughs) Amen. All you can do is come right here. Respond, respond, respond to the call of God on your life. All you can do is say yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. Some of you have heard the word of God. You have. Excuse me. You've heard the word of God spoken over your life. You've heard the word of God spoken. And it's pricked your heart. And you know it's time for you to say, yes, Lord. Do it afraid, can you? Do it if you, even while you still have doubts, will you? Do it even, what, even though you know you may not feel ready. Do it anyway. God will make you ready. You take one step, he'll take two. Do it anyway. Do it. Is there anyone in here? who has never accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, now is your time and today is your day. Never accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, just come. Just come down the aisle and meet the deacons here. If you're in our virtual campus worshiping with us, just type it's me. That's all you got to do. Type it's me or put a thumbs up emoji in there. And we will go back and we'll look and we'll make sure someone from Church of the Redeemer Baptist reaches out to you. If you have accepted Jesus Christ, but you know you've walked far, far, far away, from his side you've never walked too far away from Jesus to come back home God is waiting for you and we are too you can't walk this walk of faith alone come back home you know you need a church you know you need to come back to believing and receiving what all God has for you again. So just come back home. If you're in the if you're in the church, come down or if you're on the screen, just say it's me or put a thumbs up in the screen in the comments and we'll we'll go back and we'll see you. And lastly, if you need a church home, Redeemer is a great place to call home. Church of the Redeemer Baptist in South Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. It's a great place to call home. If anybody would like to come back home, Whether you've left the church or it's your first time becoming a member of the church, just come on back. Come on back. We offer Christ to you, oh my brother.